Powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN, this is episode 31, season four of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. And as always, presented by our good friends and title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. As you teed up last week, Gray, you're on the road. You did a couple of big games this week. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Colorado. I haven't been, haven't been traveling much for a month, so it's kind of no. nice to get back to the routine, I guess, a little bit. Florida and Colorado tonight, and then on to Detroit for the Leafs on Thursday. And interesting, man, Colorado had that big win in Edmonton, and they're yeah. stumbling along trying to get players back. And, you know, read a really great quote from Jared Bednar, Colorado's coach today, and he's like, you know, big picture, you like to think we get everybody back, it'll all come together, that's fine, he goes, but you can't come off what you've done in the past. Our game has to get to a spot where we feel we could beat anyone in the league. How's that going? Somebody asked him. He goes, not close. I, I love Be- I love Bednar. He's like really direct and to the point. And so it'll be interesting to see them. And Florida's trying to hang on to whatever they're hanging on to right now. They really seem to be in a tough spot. Really are. Really are. And you know what? You know, back to Colorado for a moment. You mentioned that Oiler game. How about that goal that Nathan McKinnon scored? Like whether he's not 100%, I don't know. But that looked like a fully motivated and 100% ready to fly Nathan McKinnon goal. Unbelievable. He was going so fast. Like, <laughs> if you can't get to him before he gets turned, his shoulders turned up the ice, you're in trouble. He had, Drake's, he had 16 shot attempts in that game. 16. Yeah. Unbelievable. 11, 11 hit the net and he scored. And, they came back from two nothing. And speaking of teams that are stumbling around, the old the Oilers are having some problems too. Yeah, we'll get to that in headlines coming up in just a moment. Not a not a horribly tough weekend for us, but Tiny the Great Day and the Rain Dregs hockey mascot, along with Ollie the dog, of course. She she came home from the walk last week with a limp, right? So we're like, all right, 135 pound dog, eight plus years old, kind of in that window. So take her to the vet. They don't do x-rays, but the technician there, the vet is tremendous. And he starts, th- I'm thinking about you as I'm going to tell the story, right? He starts stretching her left knee because that's, you know, her knee or hip. She's hobbling with this thing. And he can instantly tell that it's it's her left knee. You know, she just can't put much weight on it. And I'm like, oh boy, okay, what's going to happen here? And he said, well, he goes, the good news is that I can still feel that the muscle and the ligament structure is is pretty sound, but he goes, yeah, we're going to give some medication. If it doesn't cool down in the next two to three weeks, then yeah, we're going to have to consider surgery. And surgery on the knee of a dog <laughs> is a little bit different, right? Oh. You know, they're shaving things and they're trying to reshape and change the angles and all of this. Oh. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, number one, you know, you don't, instantly leap to what the finances are but i'm like well you know what's the recovery process of something like this and he said well you're probably talking 12 to 16 weeks oh i'm like oh boy like how do you keep a great dane essentially immobile for 12 weeks like like this just isn't gonna work and he said and by the way you know if we did the knee and the hip at the same time it, it normally comes out if there are no complications to around five grand per joint Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh boy. So anyway, she's on medication and uh, yeah, we're hoping for the best. We're hoping that the meds oh. kind of settle things down. Yeah, let's hope yeah. let's hope for that. That's brutal. What our first dog when I was in LA, we had a dog, Odie, and Odie was awesome. Mm-hmm. And he was a rescue dog. Yeah. So we got him for a hundred dollars, right? 
So mm-hmm. we're like, oh, this is great. $100, yeah. dog, cute, little whatever. Needed left knee done, right knee done. By the time we were finished with him, he was a $10,100 dog. And we're like, and what are you going to do? You're like, you can't go, yeah, bad break, pup. Nothing. You know, the kids love them. You love them. No, you're all in. You're all in. Hey, I got got something on a little different note. So I decided, I've been reading reading this stuff and uh, about, you know, general health and things you can do to help. And so I decided on January 1st, I was going to start. So now I'm 10 days in. Every morning, first thing I do, mm-hmm. get out of bed, walk into the shower, three minutes in an ice cold shower. Oh, I knew you were going there with this. Okay, keep going. So first, well, it took me the first day, it, it was like a nine minute shower because it took me six minutes to get into the shower. I got my left toe in, yeah. my right toe. I'm, yeah. So finally you get in there. So I take my toothbrush in there. I brush my teeth for 45 seconds. So at least I'm moving. And then, you know, I finished. So then I'm like, oh, I only got two minutes and 15 seconds left. Then I get a bar of soap and I like soap myself for like a minute. By this time, you're so numb, you can't feel anything. I'm telling you, people should try it. I feel amazing. It is, it is amazing. Three minutes every morning. So do you turn the hot water on after three minutes or you're done? You're in and out in three minutes. I'm done. Three minutes. I'm done. Feels. My son Mason Dreger used to do this playing hockey, right? Like before mm-hmm. games, yeah, he'd do something similar. I mean, it'd be like an ice bath, but he'd yep. get into the shower. But he'd go, you know, he'd be again brutally cold for like two minutes, three minutes. But then he'd turn the hot water on. He'd come out and he'd feel like a million dollars. Let's go play yep. hockey! Wow. So I all right, I'm gonna try that. I'll tell you. Here's the first the first ten seconds though, when the water's hitting your head, it's like a thousand <laughs> little tiny hammers hitting the top you're you're like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then and then you get going oh, I, I love it so well i love it for 10 days so we're gonna keep i did first day on the road here so i made it so okay. ready to go oh we're gonna check we're checking back on this this is going to be a weekly occurrence every yeah, so, week on rain and, and that'll keep me honest that'll stuff. keep me honest drakes that'll keep me honest I like okay it. buddy hi it's ray ferraro You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Headlines once again this season presented by our friends at uh, Boston Pizza. You know who could use an ice cold shower? John Tortorella, head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. So I'm sure you caught this. I mean, Torts is always must see TV, especially, you know, after his morning scrums or post games when things haven't gone well for the Philadelphia Flyers. And there have been a few of those this year. But recently, People listening haven't seen the clip. He was asked about Travis Connecting not being named to the All-Star. Instead, the selection for the Philadelphia Flyers is is Kevin Hayes. We all know the Hayes story, right? So, I mean, for me, this is a nice touch. Kevin Hayes is probably thrilled to be going to the All-Star. Anyway, Tortorella just ripped the All-Star. I don't care. There's nothing about this weekend. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know... First of all, let let me get your response to that. Does it matter to you? Does he need to be 
more respectful of the game, of the players involved, of the spectacle, recognition. This isn't for you, John. This isn't for you. This is for the fans and it's for the league. So I'm going to stop there, let you answer, and then I've got a follow-up that is league-related. I think every coach could care less about the All-Star game and who's going. To them, it's more of a pain in the rear end than anything else. There's a different, there's always a different way to answer a question. I mean, like he could say, I don't really care, but it's good for the players and the fans seem to like it and the corporate sponsors seem to like it. Like that, that would be the easier way, not, not the John Torts way of answering the question, but it would be the easy yeah. way to answer yeah. the question. But the, the coaches and the managers, they, they don't care. They're like, what is it? What does it matter to them? It's a couple of days off and you hate it if your team's going well, cause you don't want to lose any momentum. And you know, you, you just, you just don't, it's a non-factor really to, to most people like that aren't going, if you're mm-hmm. not going, you just look at it as a day off, a couple of days off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the NHL wasn't happy with this comment and in fairness to, to Torts, it was at the end of his availability. He, he, he answered, you know, he brushed it off and then he walked away. So the NHL reaches out to Torts, John, come on. Like this is a major event, right. you know, it's for the fans, it's for the sponsors, it's for the players. He apologized. So, you know, it, it feels like it should be end of story there, but I tell me what you think about Philadelphia, Ray. I'm looking at the Philadelphia Flyers and I just don't see it. I see that they've got some good players. Carter Hart has had a decent year in net. The hiring of John Tortorella for that team, and I'm sure we've talked about it on the pod before, is curious to me because it's like ownership in in Philadelphia said, well, you can talk Chuck Fletcher about a rebuild or a renovation. We're not investing in that. So you go out there, do your best. John Tortorella is available. Let's hire him to coach this team, and maybe he can put us right back on track. And it just doesn't seem to be working. They, they look. They've had flexes where things have gone better, but that's not that doesn't seem to change what appears to be inevitable, does it? Like this team needs a ton of work. I I can't for the life of me figure out that roster. When you mm-hmm. say whether John is the right coach or the wrong coach for a rebuild, you could have anyone you want standing back there. And that team is a mishmash yeah. of players of various ages and contract lengths. And like I don't I don't see any way that a complete restructuring has to happen. Here's the problem. And I don't mm-hmm. know if we're getting into it later on or not, but uh, when people talk about a rebuild, you can't just ignore the six or five or six years of terrible hockey that is going to happen as you rip your roster apart. Yep. Here's the second part of it. To rebuild, you need to move contracts because you have to get players that are inexperienced or that that are going to play to a level to get you into the top end of the draft. Like that. That's what you need. That's what a teardown is they just signed travis sandheim yeah. for eight years they've got wrist aligning for i don't know how long where are you possibly trading those yeah. contracts you can't kevin hayes mm-hmm. i think's got four years left they're yeah. even a piece they're of not over off you know like right they're not fast it's hard to move not, these guys yeah so drakes they're not fast they're not big they're not tough they're not like you've got to be something you've got to have something to hang your hat on and say this is what we're building now Mm-hmm. I it's curious that they went and hired John only in that I, I don't know how much road Chuck Fletcher has there 
or the general manager, or are they going to say, you know what, we need to change that as well. But if they change that, then you've got a coach there that wasn't hired by whoever the new GM is. Like the whole sequence of things seems jumbled up there. And, and it's a tough spot to be. It really is. I keep, keep hearing Danny Breer, you know, just ascending to the title of general manager, whether that's in season at the end of the year, you know. Drakes, here's my thought about that. So say it is Daniel Briere. He's never been a manager before, and you're going to dump mm-hmm. this mess in his lap? Like, he'd need help. Yeah. Oh, like, how, how do you, where would you even start? It's like, I look at Mike Greer, yeah. who has impeccable credentials, uh, impeccable resume of people talking about what he is like. Look at the mess he has for his first job in San Jose. Like, how do you get from A to B? there yeah like how do you do it yeah and an experienced guy's gonna have a hell of better a up patient ownership oh boy yeah yep all right your former team the la kings have turned it up a notch no question about that uh, i look at that division and i'm sure you see it the same way that's a fun grouping especially in the top three to watch right so la has closed the gap on vegas seattle is is just not going away we, you know, media, not we, but media in general, have got to stop waiting and expecting the Seattle Kraken to come back down to earth. Now, a lot can happen in the second half, so let's just see how it plays out. But LA scores four power play goals versus the Oilers Monday night. We're recording Tuesday. So what they go, four for seven <laughs> against the Edmonton Oilers. So it, it tells you that the power play for the Kings, at least in this game, the penalty kill for for the Oilers was was not in tune so where do you want to start with that you want to start with the oilers and how they seem to be fumbling kind of win a game they lose a couple they win a couple they lose three like it's all over the map here it seems in it yeah now i did i did their game right before the new year they just blew seattle out of the water it wasn't even close mcdavid put on a show it was yeah he had five points and five pointer yeah and and i thought drags that seattle looked a little tired they looked like they look worn out and then on new year's day Seattle totally dominated the Islanders, and that was the start of their five-game winning streak that they're on now. So I look at the Oilers. They look like they're going to be better, and then they're not. They're going to get a Vander Kane back here, I think, in the next 10 days, which is going to be a big help. Right, yeah. Really big help for them. They have a quartet of forwards that give them virtually nothing. Yamamoto scored a couple of times in the last 10 days. They need him to to contribute something. Fogel hasn't had much for them now you can say well you know whatever warren fogel or kyler yamamoto these are guys that are in the depth part of their lineup and they need these guys to score mm-hmm. can't yeah. just be the two guys you know it can't just be mcdavid and dry yeah. yes yesterday without again without kane in the lineup mcdavid started with costin clem costin and kyler yamamoto was his wings like that's yeah. the problem um Stu Skinner mm-hmm. got you know, started yesterday, Campbell came in in relief. Like it's there. You're right. They're scrambling around a little bit. They're hanging around that second wild card spot so that they don't have a lot of cap room. And so like everybody else, a change is going to be difficult for them. But I, I think they can and should be one of the eight playoff teams. LA. Okay. Here's something. I'm going to tie LA and Seattle together. Teams talk about their goaltending ad nauseum all the time. So you tell me, who bet on Phoenix Copley and Marty Jones as being the backstops for no LA chance. and Seattle? Zero. 
Phoenix Copley, no, no. they called them him up because Cal Peterson somehow lost it, his way, couldn't stop a beach ball. So they're like, you go to the yeah. American League, see if you can figure it out. They got five million bucks a year tied up in Peterson. Just you go figure it yeah. out. We'll call up Phoenix Copley. He can back up Jonathan Quick. Copley's eleven and two. Quick can't get back in the net. Eleven and two. Mm. Marty Jones was bought out in Philadelphia or was bought out in San Jose, signed in Philly for one year. Seattle signs him. He's 19, five and three. He's got 19 wins. Like, so who figures, who figures out the goalie position? Oh yeah. I'm doing Florida tonight in Colorado. They got 14 million bucks tied up in their goalies. 14 million. Phoenix Copley's making seven. It's been a problem there. Oh, Phoenix Copley's making 725 grand. And Marty Jones, I think, is making 1.1. Like, you figure out the goalies. Back up in Seattle, they're paying them $6 million. Philip Grubauer. Like, that wasn't the plan. Yeah. It's crazy. No, no. Things are starting to percolate a little bit, Ray, on the trade front. That doesn't mean that there are any trades imminent. It's just we're in the new year here. And and teams are starting, when you get to that midpoint of the regular season, realize that, okay, We've got to make some decisions here. You know, do we try and add, bolster our lineup and, and make that playoff push? Or do we just realize that we're we're not a playoff-worthy team? So let's keep our powder dry. Anyway, lots of conversations going on. I know teams are poking around Matt Dumba with the Minnesota Wild, and that's not unusual. His name always seems to be swirling around this time of year and in trade speculation. Teams include the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa's like Edmonton. Pierre Dorian and Kenny Holland have been looking for a defenseman for ages, right? But Ottawa's in a precarious spot in that they're seven points out of a wild card spot as we tape this. So, you know, you're acquiring Matt Dumba, even though he's a pending unrestricted free agent. You know, do you trade and try and sign him? Yeah, that makes some sense because you're giving up like a key asset, like a Ridley Gregg, something like that, I would yep. think. I would think. But then if you're Minnesota, you need a defenseman back. You know, I mean, Minnesota's a pretty good team this year. They look pretty good. You take a piece like Matt Dumba out of the lineup, and that creates a significant hole. So where do you sit in, in terms of, of trying to find a fit like that? Because we do focus on the pending unrestricted free agents. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of GMs, Ray, learned something from the, from the Calgary exercise last year. You know, Calgary does a jam- dance with Johnny Goodrow. Johnny Goodrow leaves. You know, the rest of it, Matthew Kachuk doesn't want to stay long-term. They move him to Florida, and they try and, and plug the holes. Brad Trilliving did good work, but he was forced into doing that work, right? Mm-hmm. So does many take that approach and not let a Dumba go to free agency? Or do you just wait and see where you're at end of February, close to March 3rd, the deadline? Well, I, I, think, I think Minnesota waits as long as they can to try and determine exactly, A, where they are, and B, what, what they can um, acquire in in a in a trade mm. uh, here's the thing minnesota's defense is not big and they're not outside of of middleton you know they're not they're not a stout defense you know Jonas brodeen's a hell of a player right. yeah but he's not not a physical guy kaylin addison's had a nice rookie year and jared spurgeon are not big guys dumba does even though he's mm. not a big guy he plays he plays with significant bite and so to take him off yeah. that defense i think is a loss is it's a loss because you, if you don't replace them with another D, clearly that's a loss. But if you don't replace that bite, Drakes, I think that's that that would be something Minnesota would would miss. 
Now, they've had to do this juggling act since the buyouts of Souter and Parisi, and they knew that the the significant part of that is coming up. Like those cap numbers are going to get ugly for them over a three-year period. So here's the thing as well with Dumba. He's not coming back anyway. He's not coming back to Minnesota because there is no room to sign him back there. No. So no. if you know you're losing him anyway, there's, there's clearly two ways to look at it. Anything you get is a bonus or yeah. we're going to lose him anyway. Let's let's take as much as we can from the benefit he gives our team and just let him go. But that that's going to be, mm. if I'm Billy Guerin, there's not a lot of D out there that teams are offering up. I'm I'm just waiting and I'm waiting as much as I can. Now, there's some GMs like to strike yeah. early, as quick as they can in January, and just get it done. And I don't mind that either, yeah. but this doesn't yeah. feel like that to me. No, I'm with you. Although when I look at Ottawa, as I said earlier, you know, Dorian's been looking for an ad on defense for months, you know, certainly prior to the start of this season. And if this team is going to make that playoff push, and it's it's a tough spot. I mean, they're in a sale process. I mean, there's a lot going on in Ottawa. Can, so, I, can I offer you know, my... Maybe he's a I, bit more careful. Let yeah, me offer of course. my two yeah. let me offer my two cents of never being a GM before. Don't tell anybody okay. and certainly don't tell the public what you're looking for. Because if you don't get it, mm-hmm. it looks like a failure. Everybody can look at the Ottawa defense and say they need to add a defenseman. Don't say anything. Clearly he's mm-hmm. trying to get a defenseman. Clearly it's not very easy. Like we understand that. But don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Say nothing. There's no mm-hmm. there's no point nor benefit in it, in in my opinion. Well, that's- no fun for guys like me, Ray. Come on. Oh, I'd make we you work harder. Talk. I'd make you work yes, harder. Yes, yes, yeah. All right, let's wrap up headlines with with some focus on junior hockey. First of all, why don't we start with Connor Bedard? I mean, oh, no, what did he do? Well, he helped Canada win gold in spectacular fashion, I might add. Varying points of the World Junior Championship. Gets back to Regina and just has a boatload in his first game back with the Regina Pats. Uh, so... I'm wondering, I don't think anyone is ever touching the Ray Ferraro season of what was 83, 84, 108 yeah. goals in 72 games. I mean, do you know who second place is on the list? Goal uh, yeah, scored Bill, in Western Hockey League? Builder Lego, right? Is it? How many did he score? I thought it was Kyle Reeves. Oh, I thought like Lego had 90. No, it's Derlego because I passed oh, Derlego. Billy, okay. yeah. Billy D had 96 goals. There you go. Okay. Well, I was, I looked at the wrong page because I saw Kyle Reeves of the Tri City Americans and I'm like, ah, and he's had 89 in 90 and 91. Anyway, point being, tell the story because I know, I know someone approached you, you know, online to say, you know, if, what was the question? If Bedard played as a 19 year old, which he will not in the Western Hockey League, could he beat your record? Well, if he played a full season, I, I'd say if so. He, right now, he's got, I think he's got 29 goals in 31 games. Last year, he scored near a goal a game. And I think he would have come up with probably in the 65 to 70 range last year. So in two years, could he, could he find another 20 goals or 25 goals? Probably, I would say so. Here's the problem if Connor Bedard played as a 19 year old, certainly he'd be on the world junior team. So that would cost him. 15 games, 10 to 15 games. I never got picked for the team. I only had 50 goals at Christmas. That wasn't enough for them. So I stayed stayed the whole year. So I played all 72 games. I averaged a goal and a half a game, like a goal and a half a game. I think of it now, it's absurd. It really is absurd. 
But <laughs> I, I look if if he played fifty five, if he played seventy two games, I think he could. I think he could give it a run. It's just ridiculous. It's yeah. the well, times were different. The goalies were different. We all know that. But yeah, he's a he's a just a different sort man. Like he's a different player. And I, I think he. There, I think it would yeah. be really there, cool. It was a great question on Twitter, and I I thought it would be a I fun thing yeah. to talk about and. Man, I I'll tell you, it would be it would be really fun to watch him because he would he would give it a chase, a, like a real real chase. hundred percent. I mean, he's better on a goal per game clip now, as you mentioned. Oh, it's, it's crazy to, games. to watch him play. It's not. But just think, a goal a game clip. Okay, that gets you seven drinks. A goal a yeah. game clip. Seventy two. Seventy. Yeah, great. Yeah. You need another thirty six. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said earlier, I don't think it's going to be touched even by a great player like Bedard. Some wild CHL trades, and I'm not sure we're surprised by this because it happens basically every year, but maybe it's the quality of the players getting moved that generates the mammoth sure. packages in return. Talked about the Regina Pats. You remember Brent Parker, of course, right? Yes. General manager for yep. the Pats, president. He tweeted last night, Quote, if back in the day someone had made me an offer for Jordan Eberly, so at J-E, so J Eberly underscore seven for half of what is being paid in today's WHL deals, I would have traded him twice. My Lord, what a different landscape from 10 years ago. And he tags at the WHL. So just to give you an indication of what he's talking about. So Zellweger and Hofer, uh, are traded from Everett to the Kamloops Blazers for four players and 10 WHL draft picks. And then we had Shane Wright in the Ontario League traded from the Kingston Frontenacs to the Windsor Spitfires for two players and seven OHL draft picks. Now, the picks are easy to move because you have no idea what this kid is going to look like. I mean, you're you're trading peewee players in essence, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm minor bantam players but it's it's just like i'd like to be a fly on the wall for those discussions because when you're talking about shane wright or zellweger you know two world junior champs they're going into that discussion saying well here's where i want to go i'll give you a list of two maybe three teams not 10 teams i want to go to this team or that team but these deals are just bizarre in terms of how significant they are in numbers i just i can't (laughs) even get my head around how you would quantify what these picks are worth like you no know, like in the nhl there's a teams have an analytics board that basically says the 53rd pick is worth in a trade the 73rd pick and the 88th pick like there's a there's a formula through analytics that help determine what picks fit where how are you determining what the 2026 first round draft pick is worth like a, it's just a thing. So if, if you look at it this way, they draft 14 year olds, right? Teams draft 14 year old players into major junior hockey. The 2026 pick is four years away. That's mm-hmm. a 12 or 11 year old right now. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine going, oh, I, I can see where we're going to be in our rebuild plan in 2026? Like, don't forget, it's not the NHL where you acquire players and they stay for six or eight or 10 years. It's an age out league. Yeah. Four years, out you go. Yeah. Here come the next guys. These, when I read it yeah. yesterday, I'm like, 10 picks. If I'm the GM, oh, yeah, I'll give you another pick. Sure, why not? Like, what does well, it what even does mean? What does it matter at that point? What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, obviously now we, we, we pay attention on, you know, what Shane Wright's going to do in Windsor and what Zellweger and some of the other pieces are going to do in, in Kamloops. So there you go. Those are your headlines. Once again, we thank our good pals at Boston Pizza. Oh, boy, we have lots to talk about with Chris Abbott, a presentation of Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. And remember, Botano, the game starts now. We'll revisit quickly the gold medal game and how things all played out there on the gambling front. But right now, Abs, as we look forward, it really is all about the National Football League and will be for the foreseeable future leading up to Super Bowl. We all took a beat and a little bit of one anyway, second half. Compliments of Aaron Rodgers. No, compliments and of the Chris Green Abbott. Bay Packers. Oh, yeah, okay. Tell your story, Ray, because as we were setting up for this segment, you were agitated. You still, I'm looking at you. You still look I, a little bit agitated. I, I'm not happy. So there's one thing you never okay. do. And Chris Abbott should know better because this is his business and his life. <laughs> when a game is going on, you do not say to somebody, hey, you're a lock. Hey, it looks good. In the fourth quarter, Knucklehead sends me a text. Your play looks solid. I think the ball was leaving Aaron Rodgers' hands to get intercepted. Right when he texts that. Game over. Finish. Dead. Thank you. This, if, I act, if I had actual money on this, I would hunt you down for that one. Listen, I, I firstly, I apologize. I should know better. And I yeah. should know better because this is not the first time I've done this. I, like... Things happen to me in my life that convince me that I'm living in the Truman Show. And things like that are one of them. I can take one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time on home field against the Detroit Lions and cause them to lose a game by sending one text message. That's, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, you even had, if the Lions had a one with a walk-off field goal, you were safe. But yes. no, no, no. Oh, no. They, they score late. <laughs> Thanks very much, Adam. It was more about your under. It was more about your underplay, right? It was like what, like nine six at some point. Like oh, I was like, nothing is going to be okay. Nothing happening. Oh yeah, nothing. <laughs> brutal, absolutely brutal. But I don't know. Have we seen the last of Aaron Rodgers? Bizarre second half to that football game. Not to put you on the spot here, Chris, but I mean, do you look at Aaron Rodgers? Do people actually put money on his future? You know, is it Green Bay? Oh, does yeah. he make the jump? And when when does that start, or is it already started? I don't know if there's odds out yet, but there should be soon. I mean, there yeah, will be yeah. speculation until the season kicks off next year, and it will be a betting market. Will he come back to Green Bay? Who will yeah. be the next team Aaron Rodgers takes a snap for is probably the, the yeah. betting line. If it's not Green Bay, who will it be? Like, oh, yeah, that'll that'll be rampant now. I mean, he certainly looked like he was done the way he yeah, left he there with, with Randall yeah. Cobb, you know. but I Wouldn't give his jersey away, right? Yeah, I'm done with this guy, though. I've I've never yeah, really liked you. him. Yeah, I don't know. I I saw somebody. I think it was uh, you know your colleague Arash Madani tweeted, uh, "Leave it to him to make a an interception into double coverage somebody else's fault." You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You want to look ahead, or should we? You know what? Let's save the NFL prognosticating for Thursday because we did mention last Thursday we were going to just wrap up the World Junior Championship. Yeah. So, any surprises? You know, in terms of, of how things shook down on the betting lines or from a from a, your perspective? Yeah, I'd say if you were, you know, Klaus in Central Prague, you did really, really well. I mean, the they were an underdog for most of the event. And, and uh, 
you know, we've got Vitano in uh, in Czechia as well, and and there's mm-hmm. some there's some happy checks there. I mean, even I bet on the spread in the final, and they were two and a half goal underdog. Um, Ooh, didn't nice. look great at the start, but you just know those games are going to end up going to end up close. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a that's a massive surprise. Otherwise, I guess it eventually played out the way that it was supposed to, right? Canada was the favorite mm-hmm. going into the event. Uh, Connor Bedard was supposed to have a great tournament. Shane Wright was supposed to have a good tournament. Um, yes. Excellent. All right. Well, check back on Thursday. Batano.ca. The game starts now. Oh, we have restocked the cupboard for Ask Grain Rigs Anything. But continue to fire off your questions our way. Twitter, Instagram, our handle is at Ray and Dregs or on the website, rayandregs.com. Ask Gray and Dregs Anything is brought to you by Dewar, the world's most comfortable pants for men and women. And oh, 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 you know what, Ray? It's a bit of a cold snap in Ontario of late. So I've got my fleece-lined jeans when I'm out and about. Fantastic. I was skeptical when they first arrived. Skeptical. Why were you skeptical? Products. Why skeptical? Well, look, I'll do her products. Yeah, because I'd never worn other than soft pants. I'd never had anything that was fleece lined. And I just thought that, ah, I, f- I think they're going to be stiff. And we all know the doer products are the exact opposite of that, right? The jeans are comfortable. They're flexible. The shirts are off the charts. Anyway, now they're my go-to pant, not just for doing stuff around the yard, like throwing the tiny bombs over the, the backyard fence. I, like, I wear them when I'm out and about. So looking forward to it going to have to do that again today so uh check out doer awesome. doer.ca and if you use code rnd15 you're going to save 15 percent off everything okay from margo the rescue pup <laughs> on instagram at margo the rescue hey guys love the podcast when there is a problem in the dressing room ray how is it usually handled after the players try to resolve it the problem still exists? Does management or the coaching staff step in? Or does somebody speed bag the guy at practice to try and get him to stop being an a-hole? How does that work, Ray? Well, I, I mean, it, there's all <laughs> kinds of problems, that, right? There's all kinds of problems that could spring up in a dressing room, right? A couple guys don't get along. Sure, that happens. There's 25 people living in close proximity all the time. I mean, that would happen in I think pretty much any place of business, you don't, not everybody's going to get along. You Sometimes you just ignore it. No. You just don't hang out with those people and you try and win. And, but like, how's it handled? I mean, if it's, if it's bad enough, there's, there's generally a, you know, the leaders will probably take the guy aside. And if, if, if it's one guy, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that's what he's asking yeah. here and just say, Hey, can we, you know, what's going on here and try and figure it out. But the days of somebody fighting another teammate is those are those are long. doesn't happen very often, right? Maybe in, there's a scuffle in practice if you're in a battle drill. Oh, sure, no, no. But I mean, as far as like he's yeah. talking about yeah. sending a message, that that never happens. Or she, I think, I don't know, it's Margot the rescue pup. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not All in right. a. All right. You know, I would guess probably a, a women's locker room would handle it a little differently than a men's locker room. My guess is there would be there would just be a different way the dynamic of how women interact in a group and men interact in a group i I think it would be handled a little differently i i'm guessing i don't know okay how about a hypothetical for you oh yeah you know i love from f brevetti at f brevetti 
if Arizona gets first pick in this year's draft, mm-hmm. and you are the Toronto Maple Leafs approaching, I don't know if it's going to be a, tr- a contract battle with Austin Matthews. It won't be a battle. It's not going to be a battle. Would you offer Austin Matthews for the first pick overall, which translates into Connor Badar? There is so many of these scenarios like that are just, <laughs> it, it's all kind of ridiculous. And you would, you could say, yeah. no, it's still fun. It's yeah. still fun. Oh yeah. You could say no on either side really firmly, but then you have to go, well, what if it really happened? What if you're Bill Armstrong yeah. and the telephone rings in, you know, in your office and you see Kyle Dubas on the phone and you're like, really? Of course you're going to take the call. You're going to think about it. Aren't you? But Okay. Well, and if you're Billy, you're saying this is going to be a real short conversation unless 34 is part of it. Right. But here's the thing. (laughs) I would think. Okay. So let's, let's try Let's suss this out for a second here. So Matthews makes what? $11 million now or 10, 10, five, something like that. Right. 10, five Drake's. Yeah. So his contracts coming up, is that going to be 14 million? At least 14, I would think. So you're Arizona. You go, okay, so I'm trading an 18-year-old player. Did you know Matthew's been in the league seven years? I was you, you, Yes. I was stunned when I saw I'm like, he's been in for yeah. seven years. I remember his four goals against Ottawa. Yeah. And I was like, wasn't that like yeah. by the way? Ago? The reason I was a bit distracted, I was quickly searching because 10 and a half sounded low. Matthew's cap hit is actually eleven point six four zero. So a decent cap in. So yeah. I, I guess I'm anyway, saying I'm saying I would really worry if I'm Arizona that yes, it sounds great to get Austin Matthews, but then you got to pay him multiple millions of dollars until you get into your new arena where you can start to make yeah, some of the money back. With and you. then and then Austin is worth or then Austin is near 30 years old by the time they get into the new rink. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. it, it's a really crazy, like, what if you're, what if you're any team and you go, not just, I know the connection, Arizona, Matthews, all that. What if you're any team yeah. and you go, yeah, yeah, I'll give you our number one center for Connor Bedard. Would you do that? Like, if you're not a mm. great team, yeah. would you go, yeah, we'll give you our, we'll give you our best player for him. I mean, it's the same hypothetical. You're right. right. You're right. It's the same. And so I'd like to sit there with the number one pick and see what I get, what offers I get. But it would be take a hell of a lot. All right. From Vin on the Instagram. Oh, this is an old school one, right? What was it like playing against Darius Kasparitis? Um, hilarious, actually. He had your head up. <laughs> well, beca- because I'd played with him for five or six years, right? With I think yeah. it was that long with the Islanders. And I watched Casper run around like a lunatic for the entire time. Like <laughs> he was we we would laugh like he'd say oh tonight i get that guy i run that guy tonight and it would be a star on the other team casper he just loved it and he just he'd go in literally like a bowling ball shot out of a cannon it would just be and he if you were in the way you got blown up too and i used to say if if there was no puck casper would have been in the all-star game every year because he was terrifying to play against on your team the best loved him playing against you he was one of the guys you knew where he was all the time but you could not here's the other thing about casper drakes you can't look at that guy and not laugh 
You just can't. If you know him, you just look at him and you start to laugh because he'd say crazy things and do crazy things. And uh, he was just, he's an amazing guy. <laughs> All right. We're going to leave Ask Ray and Dregs there. We've got to award some Ray and Dregs merchandise, right? To the you're, question you're, you're, you're on it. of the pod. Um, do you have a preference? Margo the Rescue Pup, we wanted to know what you do with issues no, you know what? I'd like the on Bedard, the team. The Greg, I'd like the Bedard hypothetical. Okay. Uh, okay, that's, that's, that's my stuff. choice right now. So F. Brevetti, yeah, F. Brevetti is going to get some nice swag. Compliments of Canadian Club. Thank you for that. So looking forward to it. All right, that's pretty much going to put another bow on their latest episode of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. I'm wondering what it is. It's episode 31. You know, they all just kind of fall into each other week after week after week, but all good stuff. Working on a nice guest for Thursday. So that all figured out. And uh, you go from Denver to where? Detroit. Detroit. Detroit? Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, Drakes, for people that haven't been to Detroit lately, you yeah. got to get there. Really underrated, mm -hmm. really changed over the last... Yeah, I don't know, five to 10 years. It's, I love going there. There's some great restaurants there. There's good music. Yeah. It's really underrated place. You know, there's some talk, you know, the world junior championship just ending. So where does it go? It goes to Sweden and then the Americans USA hockey gets it the following year. Right. So Detroit is in that mix. I believe it's Detroit. It's Dallas. It's Vegas. It's Seattle. And St. Louis are kind of oh, interesting. The main groups. I don't know when they have to decide, but to your point on Detroit, brand new building. You know, I'm yep. sure they've got other facilities close by that they can work they do, with, yep. obviously. So, yeah, there you go. Bit of it, intelligence for so you. I'm, to I'm, think. No, I like it. I'm looking forward to uh, to going there. We got to meet up with some people and have uh, yeah the TSN crews there. Gord Miller can buy me dinner because uh, they're doing the game. Good so. Luck. I, you're right. Good point. He hasn't found his wallet yeah. in 11 years. It's been a while. It's been a while. Or if he does, it quickly gets transferred over, right? Yeah. Now that's business, yeah. business meeting. Yes. Because, Contacts. Yeah. Had to <laughs> freshen things up. <laughs> Anything else? I'm letting out company secrets. <laughs> no, actually, playing by the rules is Gord's. That's Gord's playbook right there. It's like, nope, oh. can't, nope. He's he's on it. He has that line razor thin too, right? Yeah. Like oh, he yeah. knows all of the tricks. There's no question. All right, buddy. We'll travel safe. Enjoy the game and look forward to reconnecting on Thursday. Yeah. Good luck to Tiny in the rehab. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long road, but we'll see. We'll update. We'll update all the yes. uh, Tiny fans from episode to episode. Huge shout out to our partners who make this podcast possible. Our title sponsor, good friends at Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask, are you over beer? My Boston Pizza, pick it up or get it delivered to your door. Just let Boston Pizza do the cooking tonight. Buybatano.ca. It's now available in Ontario. And remember, the game starts now, says Batano. And by doer, use code RND15, and you will save 15% off everything. Check them out at doer.ca. That is episode 31 of the Rain Dregs podcast. Until episode 32, stay safe, everybody. We'll check back later this week. <laughs>